Hey, welcome world travelers and fellow adventurers to the Tales of a Traveler podcast. It's me, your host, Stacey Utek. My greatest joy is traveling and exploring the world with people that I love. I have been to 63 countries and have a bunch of stories to share with you. So thanks so much for joining me as I venture down memory lane and share with you the tales of my adventures from around the world. Okay, this is the third time I've started this podcast, but guys, it's the moment that you've been waiting for. Melly and John and me are back to finish the, the saga of Uzbekistan. Well, we haven't even started it. This whole episode is devoted to this country because I would say in all of my travel experiences, this is one of the craziest things that have ever happened has has ever happened to me. And John was with me in Japan when the earthquake happened and we already talked about that one. This has to be even crazier. But we wanted to kind of like account for our little Uzbekistan trip because it just was like nothing we expected. So we had heard we need to go to this country because there's this one beautiful amazing city, Bukhara, is that right guys? Bukhara. Yeah. Um and so that was like our biggest goal. So we literally I remember we flew in and we spent almost all day driving. It was like a seven or eight hour trip. Isn't that right, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And then we finally arrived in Bukhara, but we hadn't eaten because it was Ramadan. We hadn't eaten all day. And I remember we were all pissed and we were like walking around trying to find food and there was no food. So we ate cups of ramen noodle and went to bed. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Melly might have been the most pissed of all of us because she loves to. Yes, yes. I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna say it, but yes. Was <laughs> <What's> already implied. <laughs> okay, so the next day we woke up and we toured the city, which is beautiful. But John, I, you had a specific experience I barely remember. Do you want to talk about the lady? Oh my goodness. Okay, Melly, I don't know if you remember this lady, but we it was right near the place that we were staying, our our hostel or our hotel. And we walked through just this tiny, um, tiny like old street, and she was on this patio, like in the front of her house or, or something, or maybe she was working and, and selling some food. She she was very, very large. And you don't see many terribly large people. Um, like it's fine, but she, I just remember her being very large, and she just looked at us and she said, "Bananskis." <laughs> Do you remember this? Because she was selling. <laughs> I remember it being a running joke throughout the entire trip. After that, I remember you yes. saying that a lot. Because she was selling fruit, and so she just—I had no idea. I guess the Uzbeki word for banana is bananskis. <laughs> gosh well yeah it was so the city that we went to though was like gorgeous i don't know do any guys remember much of the history of the city and want to just quickly touch on that we're ill prepared (laughs) yeah ill definitely ill prepared (laughs) didn't genghis khan come in with his troops and obliterate the city except for this one like minaret that he found really beautiful and it's still standing See, sure. I think I remember the most history from all of us. Wow. Anyway, these, <laughs> wow. it's like you just think of these like gorgeous tiled structures, pristine white, these blue tiles, like they're just everywhere. These gorgeous minarets, like this ancient city just plopped in the middle of Uzbekistan, like just gorgeous, really a cool city. 
Yeah, and I remember like sunset on the, the, I guess the next day that we were there and walking around the city and just the colors, just how everything changed and where like most of the buildings are kind of like beige or brown, mm. like like sandstone or something like that. Um, but when in the, the, the tops of this turquoise small tile like mosaic, um, but when the sun, like even in the normal part of the day, it's absolutely breathtaking um, the architecture uh but then at sunset it was just yeah magnificent to see the the colors change and and yeah again i feel like we were some of the only tourists or, yeah. or definitely like foreign foreign tourists yeah <laughs> that, totally that totally and so um yeah there was a couple of moments that i wanted to touch on one was i think it was we were only there for four days it was a very quick trip and the visas were pricey. They were like, for me, it was like $250, $280 maybe. And yeah, anyway, so, and then the plane, we bought a plane ticket because you can't really cross over land or it's difficult. It's very mountainous. So we bought a, a plane ticket that ended up being a few hundred dollars. And so we were just like, we have to go for a couple of days. So on the second night, I remember us counting our money and we had had this guy change money for us at the recommendation of a friend of John's. Thanks, Danny. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and he scammed us. He stole like $130 from us in the process of changing our money. And we didn't know because they're just stacks of money, right? I remember us like taking pictures of, with them because we felt rich. Like we had just stacks and stacks of money, but it wasn't enough. And we're like, why are we running out of money? So we were like on the phone with him. Like we were trying to figure it out. We realized on our second night there after this beautiful like little tour around the city, we only had like $30 left to get us back and like eating and all this stuff. So I remember it on the third day, we were just snacking. Like we weren't eating meals. We were just getting snacks because we had to make it back to the capital to fly out. And we had to buy train tickets and all this stuff. Anyway, so. There are no ATMs um, or they are, they, maybe they did have ATMs, but the charges were insanely high. So it was, it was not really an option. You just had to. Yeah. Yeah, we have to use... And also, it. like, the, the exchange rate was not clear. Like, the central bank had an exchange rate, but nobody, uh, uh, like, stood by it. Like, the, re the the street exchange rate was always totally different. Right. So it was just however you negotiate. And I thought that because my friends had recommended this guy who showed them around, you know, this Uzbekistan the year before that he would be trustworthy, but yeah. clearly he wasn't. That's okay. Yeah. We, and yeah, again, to reiterate, no ATMs that I think didn't, I think we tried even a couple and they didn't work. And so anyway, that's going to play a part in the story later. But um, I wanted to quickly touch on also me and Melly went to the market and we were buying these gorgeous plates. And this lady who was selling the plates invited us to her house for dinner. And we're like, okay. And I think at first I at least thought she was going to like, make us food and ask for money and whatever. And that would have been fine too. But the three of us went home and like got showered up and went that night and they had the biggest spread of food for us. Gorgeous, delicious. But, but please tell us what happened after dinner was over. Okay. Can I just say what happened before? And I feel yes. so bad, but you guys came back to me cause I wasn't with you. Yeah. I wasn't with you when, um, you uh like had they got the invitation so it's just like no this is a scam and like clearly we i don't think we knew we had been scammed about the money at that point yeah. um but i was just like no this is a scam you can't especially you can't trust 
market people Mm -hmm. like market people are the worst of the worst um so i'm just like no like you need to uh like we shouldn't go or or if we go then we need to and you guys went back and asked her you went back and asked her if she was going to charge us money or something and i was like i felt so bad for making you do that (laughs) i was like jaded travelers (laughs) but like just because i've been i've been jaded i've been scammed so many times it's really quite sad yeah yeah so what were you gonna say no no i was just gonna say so we were actually indeed we were looking for some plates and some souvenirs and then we met a daughter there was this teenage girl i think she was 13 or 14 years old and then they actually asked us to go to the back inside because we were oh, yeah. uh, outside on the streets trying to buy something, but they actually had way more in the back. So they yeah. invited us to go to the back and we were in this place where they had like tons and tons of uh, tiles and plates and all of that. And I think both of us yeah. bought something, even though we had little money left, yeah. but we still bought something. It was dirt cheap, but just because we didn't have a lot of cash left. And then they indeed invited us to go to their house for a homemade meal with the Uzbeki family. And yeah. I was like, yes, I would love to. <laughs> I want to have that experience. Yes, for sure. And yeah. Stacey, you were also really excited. And then we came yeah. to God and he was like, okay. Yeah, big cloud, great cloud uh, over his head. But I'm we sorry, went. Guys. No, sorry. it's fine. We ended up. It ended up being great. We went. We <laughs> ate great food. We played with the kids. And then they are like, "We want to show you our son's circumcision party video." It was like on a VHS tape, and they stuck it in the VHS player. And I'm not joking when I tell you it's like probably almost an hour and a half or two hours long. Like we sat long. and watched, and it was. It wasn't. We didn't see the circumcision. It was the party. So it was like the family like dancing and eating. And we were just, and then they had this little boy and they were like showing him off. Like he had been circumcised. Like he was maybe how old? Two or something. Like when he had a circumcision. I don't remember. It wasn't like a birth circumcision. I I think like, I love it because it wasn't edited in any way. It was just like, we were there at the party but we, we, so we're sitting in their living room eating dinner, like, and, and chatting with them. But then also at a randomly at a circumcision party where we don't really know what's going on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's hysterical. It was, so, yeah. but it was so much fun. And those are the kind of memories I love having when I travel, or especially ones mixed up with locals. Mm-hmm. Like, I love interacting and eating in their homes and like they didn't speak English at all like we were just kind of communicating the daughter the daughter okay a little bit bit. broken English yeah yeah yeah. and another thing that I thought was really special also because we were sitting on the floor and they had these plates in the middle and everybody was just sharing food it wasn't the way we eat as people from the west you know westerners we eat with knife fork and everybody has their own plate and it's just really a different setup and they had this very comfortable sitting on the floor sharing food setup yeah and that was really special yeah it was special mm-hmm. yeah i'll post a picture of um that little setup uh when i link it to the podcast um okay so that happened so that was night two of the trip and then the next day we woke up and we were going to another city, Samarkand. So we got in the car, went to Samarkand. Well, we had like a driver and we get, so this is where I'm going to kind of hijack the story. And like, I'm going to ask for their little interjections. But, um, so we get to Samarkand and we, we check into a hotel and the guy at the counter takes my visa and in, okay. So Uzbekistan in general, 
tyrannical country in, in essence like they track where you're go staying for how long they want to see your visa they make copies they remember they gave us like i don't know if it was like a little sticker or a piece of paper or something that we had to show at the airport like they want to know they want to make sure for tourists that they they kept track of you and you've been where you say you'd be um and so he took took my visa took a copy of it and he said did you know that your visa is expiring today and i was like no it's not like we fly out tomorrow and he's like, no, it expires today. And I took my visa and I looked at it and my heart dropped. And like, sure enough, my visa was expiring that day. So I called the U.S. Embassy and I talked to this lovely man on the phone. He was so helpful. And I said, hey, my my visa, my flight is leaving tomorrow, but my visa expires today. And I said, what should I do? And he said, you need to leave the country by midnight tonight. By this time, it was 2 p.m. Okay, so I had like 10 hours. We were four hours from the capital where my flight was. And so I was like, I can't, like my flight leaves tomorrow. I said, what happens if I don't leave until tomorrow? He said, if you don't leave to by tonight, you'll get to the airport tomorrow. They will take your passport. They will charge you $2,000. They'll tell you they'll put you on the next flight, but they won't. They'll take you and they'll detain you for at least a week, probably up to a month. He's like, that's like the best case scenario. And that's when I freaked out. I was like, okay, how do I get out of the country? And he, he was, so at the same time we were there, there was a summit. And so all the borders had been closed, maybe except for one. And so the first thought, like I went up and talked to John and Melly, and I was like in tears and I was like, I have to leave tonight. I was like shaking. I was like, I have to leave tonight. And so we were like looking at an option of sending me in a car or in a taxi to the airport to like, to try to get a flight out that night. But we were four hours from the airport. And what if I got there and there was no flight out that night? And so I was like, uh, that's not a good option. And the reason I didn't is because we only had $30 left and we didn't have enough money to put me in a taxi. Thank God. I'm so glad we didn't take that option because I would have maybe been just alone at the airport and just like detained and nobody knew where I went, where I was. Then the option came where it was like, Hey, we could take you to like, or I could try going through a border over land, but there was just, it was so sketchy. We had no idea if I'd make it through okay or not. And then like, they wouldn't be with me and you know what I mean? So that was a terrible option. So I, I went to the guy at the counter and I said, is there an airport in the city? And he's like, yeah, there's one airport, like small airport. And so John was with me at this point, I remember. And he, and so we started looking for flights out of that city. And there was one flight leaving that night and it was going to Bangkok now, we were going to, the plan was, we were going to fly back to Kyrgyzstan, probably go to Chicken Star. I mean, that was actually what we were going to do. Um, and then we were going to hop on another flight a couple, like maybe two days later, back to Bangkok. Because I think I had been in Bangkok, but then me and John were going to go back there and do some stuff. And then I was going to meet my friend Alex and we were going to go to Laos and the Philippines. So the trip was like, we were in the middle of it. And so it was like kind of, amazing that the one flight leaving that night was going to Bangkok because I could have gone anywhere in the whole world. I was like, I just have to get out of this country. But there was the one flight leaving that night was going to the city it, I was going to end up in. There was a flight to Moscow as well, I thought, because you were just like, I remember you thinking, oh, maybe I'll go to Moscow. No, there was a layover. Just, My layover oh, to Bangkok. Oh, there was a layover. There was a layover in Moscow and a layover in Dubai. And, and then eventually <laughs> landing in Bangkok. And so it was, of course, like... um 
uh, Air or Emirates. It's like the nicest plane, like carrier, the whatever flight carrier, whatever in the whole world. And a one way ticket to Bangkok that night was nine hundred and twenty dollars. And I told John, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And I remember John, you said it's this or potential detainment, like going to jail. And I was like, okay, fine. So we hit, you know, go. Like we we bought the ticket. Thank God I had a credit card. Like, can you imagine? I mean, like, I'm so thankful. And I definitely was very aware of my privilege in this whole scenario. But that's, yeah, that's another point. So we got in the taxi and went to the airport. It was like maybe three by now. And I remember John, I was so unhinged this whole time. You guys were like my rocks. And John was like, let's go to the airport office and make sure you're on the flight. Like, let's just go double check. So we go and sit in the airport office and, um, we're just sitting there and asking if my name was on the flight and it wasn't. And so we were like, is there internet here? No, there's not. Where can we find internet? This is the other thing about Uzbekistan. No internet anywhere. Remember that? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like, this is not like there's internet in the hostels and, the, and, and all the places we are going to. It's a very underdeveloped country in that way. And so there was one hotel across the street. Maybe yes. there's internet there. So we run with my pack over to the, the hotel lobby. The internet is spotty at best. I go in. I'm like, please, can we use your internet? And so I'm on the phone with my bank. I'm on the phone with the airline. And I remember at one point handing the phone to John because I had been on hold for so long. I was so, like, un- like upset and frustrated like I was I've never felt more when I travel I'm usually very chill even when like things come up that we can't expect but because of the situation at hand I felt so unhinged and so John like sat on the phone while I was on hold and I remembered my bank picking up and saying no there's no charge on your credit card and the reason was because it was looked super shady that somebody would buy a plane ticket out of Uzbekistan for that night to, to Bangkok through Russia. And so, so, um, so anyway, they wanted my verification that it was me. And I was like, it's me, it's me. And like, they're crackling on the other line. It's barely going through. I call my bank back again with a lot of like wait time. I mean, we were probably on the phone for an hour, hour and a half. It was so long. And Finally, I heard and like it was crackling because the connection was so bad. And I heard $921 charge and I hung up the phone and we ran back to the airport. The fun doesn't stop here. So we get back to the airport and I went up to the counter and the guy spoke no English. And he was like, where's your Russian visa? Because it had a layover. We had a layover in Russia. And I said, I have no Russian visa. Um, I'm flying to Bangkok. It's just a layover. And thankfully there was this guy who spoke English and I think he had helped us out at the office and he knew my situation and he came over and he talked to the guy at the counter and, um, yeah, he like, then finally the guy printed me the ticket to Russia and he said, I can only print, only print you this ticket. You'll have to get your other tickets in Russia. And I was like, fine, perfect. Just get me out of the country. So I took my ticket and then I remembered John and Melly helping me like, all my stuff in my pack, like I was trying to transfer things into my carry on because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to need, like my headphones, socks, like all this stuff. And you were just helping me like figure out what to take. And then I went to go fill up my customs form. And this is one thing I remember too, is when you go into Uzbekistan, they want to know how much money you're carrying, what currencies. And then I'd heard if 
when you leave the country, if it's not accurate, like, or whatever money you're carrying, like they'll charge you like a, like a couple hundred dollars or something like that. So I remember I, because of the trip we were on, we were going through so many countries. I had seven currencies in my, in my wallet and tons of coins. I had no idea where they were from. So I remember just chucking coins in the garbage can and you guys were helping me like count my bills and just like record it. And then I started going through and I like said goodbye to you guys and you guys sat there and watched me the whole time, like, which I was so thankful. It felt so comforting and they could see me almost all the way through customs, which was really cool. Um, and so I remembered, um, going through customs and this is the other thing about Uzbekistan. I had heard somebody say is they'll look, they'll, Somebody had been stopped by a policeman and they looked through their phone at every picture and video looking for pornography because pornography is illegal and it took hours. And so I get to the x-ray machine and he asked me to take out my phone and my camera and he said, turn them on. And I was like, oh, wait, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm switching the story, like the timing of it. Um, I'll come back to that. So I went to the border control guy and I remember like, this is the guy who's going to stamp my passport. Okay. This is the guy who's like, it's up to him whether I stay or go. And I knew it was like five o'clock at night. I'm like, he could easily look at my passport and say, your visa's expiring tonight. Why, why didn't you leave today? Or like yesterday. Um, and I remembered going to him and he looked at my passport for a very long time and he looked at my visa and then he looked up at me and I remembered he had kind eyes. I'll never forget that. Like he had the kindest eyes. And then he picked up the stamp and he pressed it down. And I know it sounds dramatic, but like I was so relieved. And um, yeah, and so then I went through to the x-ray machine and that's when the guy was like, take out your camera, take out your phone. And I'm like, oh no, am I going to get held up for a couple of hours here while they look through all my pictures and all my videos? And then he got distracted and he just waved me past. And without putting things back in my backpack, you know how you like dismantle everything in your pack? Uh, without even doing that, I grabbed it all, put it in my arms and ran out of security. <laughs> and I went and sat down and I put my bag down and I heard a crunch it was my plate, my Uzbeki plate that I bought at the market broken. <laughs> so I just sat there and I cried. <laughs> and I cried for almost an hour. <laughs> I cried about the plate. They're laughing at me. You can't see it right now, but they're just giggling. <laughs> I cried about the plate. I cried about the whole situation. I was completely overwhelmed, but then I mostly cried about Chicken Star. <laughs> because we were going, we were supposed to go to Bishkek to stop over yeah. again. Yeah. I knew John and Melly were going to have a stopover in Bishkek and go to Chicken Star, and I was very, very upset that I wouldn't be there for it. <laughs> so anyway, so I cried, and then what I remember is. I was literally the only white person in that whole place. And like, there's tons of people. And I remember the flight was parked on the tarmac or the, the plane. And I walked, everyone was in a line, you know, like how sometimes you go through like the, like the, the walkway. Well, this is one where they just funneled you into the, like the tarmac and you get up and into the airplane on your own or whatever. 
And I was on almost the back of the line. And this is so weird. But I remembered this guy, this like security guy coming up to me and taking me and bringing me to the front of the line. And I still don't know why to this day he did that. Like it was very weird. It was strange. But I got on the plane and the first thing I remembered they brought, we got in the air. And I'm like, I don't know where my stopovers are. I don't know like how long the flights are. I have no idea. Like I just know I'm going to end up in Bangkok. Um, and so I got on the plane and I remember they served us a meal and I hadn't eaten in so long because of our whole money fiasco. And they brought us this beautiful dinner. It was like chicken and there's water and a roll and like some salad or something. And I, I cried again. Like I was just like so happy to be eating. So I'm going to pause there because then there's just like a little bit more to that story. But what are your guys' um, memories of that? Wow. I think for me, I remember it was so intense and John and I had to stay calm because you were so obviously for really good reasons, you were really upset and it was just our job to stay calm and to comfort you and to make sure that, you know, you you were just getting through this all, but it was extremely nerve wracking because yeah. the consequences you can't even imagine that you know oh your, your visa is expiring to have all of those consequences potentially being detained the fine all of that it's like it makes no sense yeah. to us yeah <laughs> that's the reality of uzbekistan yeah. and um and when we were at the airport I remember John and I standing from somewhere from, we were standing at a point where we could see you still while you were going to get your passport stamp. And I very distinctively remember when the guy, the sound of the guy stamping your passport. Wow. It was like everything was silent. And that was the only thing you could hear. That was so heavy load at moment. It was Wow, that was really yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think I can't even reiterate enough. Like, if you're in some random country, like any, I'm trying to think of any other country, like Brazil, like, and your passport expires, you're probably just going to get some kind of a fine and then, like, a slap on the wrist and they'll let you out. Like, this is like reality, and people are detained for crazy reasons there and are there forever. And I just, well, yeah, I was, I was super thankful. Like it may, maybe wouldn't have been a big deal, but after you guys told your story, um, like, which I'm going to have you tell your side from when I left, um, I didn't have as much confidence that I would have been given much grace. So, and I think it was, everything was also very heightened because of the summit in the country. Like that was also a major player in this game. Like it wasn't just a chill moment in, in Uzbekistan. Like there's all these world leaders and they're like way more heightened. So anyway, so I get on the plane and I go, and then why don't you guys say what happened to you guys the next day when you were, you were supposed to fly out that next day, right? That same day. They're pointing at each other. Who's going to say it? <laughs> you, you, you. I, Melly, I don't remember this as well. So so oh. I know I remember a little bit. Um, I just remember the absolute, we, we were in the capital then, Tashkent, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Melly? Okay, so we were in Tashkent because that's where we had flown into. And we were in the underground and like all the, um, like the subway uh, system, all of the um subway systems in the in the ussr like the former soviet union um are are like pretty extravagant places like they're places of artwork um 
they're they're probably like nuclear shelters, like bomb shelters as well. Like they're super super deep in the ground. Um, so I had heard that the stations were absolutely beautiful in Tashkent. Some of the stations, and so we went to one of them, and it was I think a, it was like astronaut themed. So it was all from the '60s tile mosaics and crazy glasswork on the walls and the ceilings, showing like astronauts um, outer space, like the Russians and their space expeditions. I mean, we took all these pictures, and and then all of a sudden, some police officers or were they subway security police guards? Officers. No, they were police officers. They came out of the walls. They came out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. Keep going, Melly. I don't... Yeah, keep don't going. Because... Oh, my goodness. So, we were standing uh, at the train station taking pictures. Well, you took pictures uh, with your mm-hmm. iPhone of me also. I think I, we still have those pictures. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, we were surrounded by, I think, four or five cops. And yeah. they were like, delete, delete, delete. And I, it was so intimidating. And uh, they, I don't know why, but maybe they thought we were spies, or I, I have no clue. But they just, they were very, very uh, persistent, and you had to delete all of them. And you then, being you, <laughs> got a little bit snarky. So you, you were like, should I just delete them all? And I was like, John, you better get your act together, because I, I know. spent <laughs> one night in Uzbeki prison. <laughs> so <laughs> better... <laughs> You just act right. Do what he says. <laughs> I know. I I get sarcastic. It's terrible. Um, but I get sarcastic, I and I know it. that sarcasm is not understood, it, like it like across cultures. So then I feel like I can say it, and they think it's actually true, and then it helps dissolve the situation. But it usually doesn't work. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably also in a country like was. I Especially right after the day after all this craziness happened with Stacey. Exactly. So oh, yeah. you deleted them, but then they were still you deleted items and we still have the picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, and we, we only have, a, we're about to get kicked off again. So we got to kind of run through this information, but you guys ended up not like your, your flights got canceled. The airport was closed when you got yeah. there. Yeah. Talk re- for two minutes about that. Oh, this was, again, this was five years ago. But I, yeah, I remember it was because of this summit. There were all these leaders from Central Asia, um, that all these presidents and prime ministers and their whole entourages that had flown into Tashkent um, for the, and Uzbekistan just in general for the that summit. And it was just like they had, then the president of Uzbekistan had just shut down the airspace for the rest of the day that we were supposed to fly. So then our stopover in in Bishkek, like we wouldn't make the stopover to catch our flights to yeah. Amsterdam or to Bangkok. Like, uh, Melly, you were going, I think, back to Amsterdam through wherever, and I was going to Bangkok. And so I, I can't remember what we did. Did we have to, did they rebook us? I, I can't remember. Well, I think maybe for you they did. I don't remember. Uh, I, I remember because I had booked separate flights so there was i was supposed to go back to tashkent. Oh. so and they said well sorry i was supposed to go back to tashkent and then fly from tashkent back to istanbul istanbul amsterdam but because i had booked my trip uh on separate flights or separate tickets i yeah. had to buy a completely new ticket 
When I wanted to pick back up my story, because then it's when we connected, me and you, John. But I, so I, I flew into Russia that night and I remember calling my dad and I'm like, dad, I'm in Russia. And he's like, why? (laughs) I was like, I told him the whole saga. I cried the whole time, obviously. And then I get on my flight to Dubai and then I'm in Bangkok and I get to Bangkok and I know one, one hotel there really close to the airport they have a free shuttle the bs hotel we love it bs hotel love it love that hotel and (laughs) i got to the counter and i no i remember getting on the shuttle and i told this random family what had happened to me they didn't care but like i get to the bs i don't have a reservation and i go to the counter and i say do you have one room for me tonight and they're like no we're booked and i was like sir i know you have one room for me and he's like I do. And he gave me a key. I was like, why? Why withhold a room? You so strange. So I go up to my room and then I remembered walking down the street to the 7-Eleven and I got Pringles and gummy bears and a Coke. And I went back and I watched Jimmy Fallon in bed. I took a shower, watched Jimmy Fallon, ate Pringles and gummy worms or gummy bears. And then I got a message from John. He's like, I'll be there in the morning. They canceled their flights. The airport was closed. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? And so I went to sleep. And that was another reason I was crying was I was like, I don't want to be in Bangkok by myself all day tomorrow. And then I woke up to a knock on the door and it was John. And he flopped on the bed next to me. And we were like, what? the hell just happened to us (laughs) really and then and then we just debriefed it and then we went and got pad thai and got massages and we went to ikea i'll never forget (laughs) i'll never forget it was the best day ever the things that you do in bangkok oh yeah get massages eat pad thai go to ikea oh my gosh it was the best well anyway guys we have to wrap this up. I'm trying to think if there's any other, like I always call it my most expensive trip ever. Cause on top of the visa costs, the flight, and then the flight out, it was like the most expensive four days of my life, but the story could be worth it. Oh, I also have to say this. I went onto the, um, the dot gov page or whatever to check out if it was true about Uzbekistan. And sure enough, it said $2,000 fine detainment. And they said, they said on the website, like, ambassadors will do their best to like come and bring you like reading material and multivitamins and like provide you with an English speaking lawyer. And I was like, what? So it was like all true. Like it could have happened. And I read this account of this other couple this had happened to and they ended up being able to stay in their hotel, but they were checked in on frequently, but they were there for an extra probably two weeks. So it surely would have happened to me. So I just look back on it and and I think it went, the the like everything went the best it could have been yes it was this major hiccup and like there were all these things we had to navigate 
but I think about how it could have ended up and everything, like the fact that there was an airport in that city with a flight leaving that night to Bangkok where I was meant to end up in the next two days anyway. Like, it's just wild, you know, like how everything lined up for us. And I just really did feel like the Lord was like with me and in that. And I love that. So anyway, any last remarks? We have two minutes left. Yeah, I just... I know um, Melly was saying it, how it was like such a magnificent trip, but like, I'm, I'm just like thinking through, we arrive in Bishkek and there's all these beautiful mountains around us and it's so green and lush and trees. And we go horseback riding and hiking along rushing rivers. And then we fly to Osh in the South of Kyrgyzstan and it's still like really magnificent. And then we drive a little bit to, uh, to on the Pamir highway to like the snow capped peaks of Southern Kyrgyzstan and the Tajik border. Then we go like up onto what it's like Mars where there's just no trees, hardly any grass, no shrubs, and just like red rock, silver, like just all these different colors, like you're on the face of Mars, and it's super dry. Um, you're with locals, there's camels, there's like, then we go back down, and we're again in mountains, then we fly over to to um, Tashkent, Samarkand, Bukhara, in super dry totally different architecture and culture and experiences all in two weeks like it was such a great such an absolutely crazy trip yeah it was was so so cool i love it and i love that i got to share it with you guys yes and yeah thank you guys so much for doing this i know like for melly it's 10 now almost 11 p.m. probably for John. It's like 7, 6 in the morning. For me, it's in the afternoon. So we're all over the world, but I love that we got to connect and share this memory. And I'm so grateful for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Stacey. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks for the trip. Let's do it again sometime. Yes, please. <laughs> Not just like that, but we'll do a different one. Because yeah. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, John. Oh, are we saying bye? Yeah. This is official bye. Okay. Okay, goodbye and adios.